0: Gersnet podcast the independent Rangers podcast made for fans by fans and where the content is absolutely free if you haven't already please share the podcast where you can give us a like on our social media platforms we're coming to you after another positive weekend for the club um, final victory over Ross County in the premiership yesterday that takes our lead at the top of the table to 23 points um, five different scores and what proved to be a pretty easy day at the office um, and kept unbeaten running the league going um, so we're going to look at all of that, we've quite a lot to go through tonight, um, we're going to look at the big moments from yesterday's game as well as the other talking points. Well, it's been another busy week in Scottish football, um, I'm your host David Renham, joining me tonight is uh, my fellow host Colin Armstrong and the gaffer uh, Frankie is joining us tonight. Um, Colin, how are you doing? David, I'm doing well.
1: Uh, I'm doing well, very good result yesterday, uh, nice weather, I've been out for a couple of walks so... Hi, all good, I suppose.
0: I see you've got the numbers and your clock behind you just so you know what
1: time it is right yeah, now. Uh, I kind of tell the time, you I know. Mean, I've got my yeah. digital watch, you tell me the time, that's just there for effect.
0: Yeah, it actually looks like some of them are in writing and the others aren't. But anyway, no. enough about your clock. Frankie, it's very
1: nice, it's very trendy. You know, I think it's very trendy.
0: Yeah, I don't know about that. It's, a bit <laughs> trendy, it's a bit as trendy as that polo shirt. Um, <laughs> Frankie, speaking of polo
2: shirts, Frankie, that's a, that's a magnificent polo shirt you've got on. All the good contributors and important uh, people at JazzNet get to get get a polo shirt and uh, and get to wear them during the pod, so I've got one on. Yeah, clearly I'm not getting one now after that, uh,
0: after not realising you were off mute. So um, anyway, we'll move on to yesterday's game. Uh, it was a fantastic result, Colin. Obviously, I think I think even going into it, you know, John Hughes had led Aberdeen last week to, sorry, led Dross County to a victory over Aberdeen last week. Um and it could, have been, it could have been tricky, but, you know, they, they did well and it started fast as well.
1: Yeah, a great performance. I thought there was, you know, speaking of Aberdeen, I thought there was wee hints against Aberdeen at Putaudry that Rangers were starting to get back into that sort of early season groove, you know, the movement off the ball, some of the uh, the sort of one and two, the, the one-two, sorry, I thought we played well at Putaudry. Even though the result last week wasn't the best, you know, we drew it Motherwell, again, I thought there was signs that, we were, we were coming back to our, our sort of best and it all came together. Yesterday, as you said, it could have been a tricky game. Ross County were quite tricky at Ibrox earlier in the season. Uh, but we're blowing them away. And, uh, you know, Kent looked like he was back to his best. Aribo's goal was was just, I thought that was the moment of the day. But don't get me wrong, Ryan, Jack, Ryan Jack's goal was a good goal as well. Uh, but I thought Aribo's was just an absolute peach. Uh, players coming back, you know, Jack on the bench and coming on and getting a goal roof on the bench so I mean I don't think you could have a more perfect day you know we've we've extended the points difference we've we've extended our goal difference and we're starting to look like we're getting back into the groove and it's coming at the right time because we've got a tricky game on Wednesday so as positive a day as you could ask for a mapping.
0: I mean you mentioned there in terms of you know the performance overall but there were signs in the Motherwell game and Aberdeen game as well, <clears throat> where you know we sort of dropped off, but it didn't it didn't really seem to happen yesterday.
1: No, well I think Jared had said that in his, his press conference on Friday. You know he thought we we tailed off in the Aberdeen game. We started really well, kind of tailed off, and the opposite happened last week uh, at Fir Park. You know we've came to the game late. You know I thought the second half. I mean I, I think it's always the same when Rangers get a sort of. A, a draw or a defeat, you know, the reaction online is always pretty severe. But I thought the performance last week, especially in the second half, was really good. And I thought we were unlucky not to win the game. Uh, so, aye. As Jared said after the game yesterday, you know, he, he was asking for a 90-minute performance. And he got that yesterday. From beginning beginning to end, I mean, we got the early goal. That settled us. You know, I, I, I kind of had... I'd be kind of thinking about the game today. And, you know, obviously Ryan Jack came on, first game in a while. And Roof was on the bench. And I have the feeling that Roof was maybe told, look, you'll only get on if we're struggling for goals. You know, we'll maybe bring you on last 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes if we're struggling to win the game. Uh, if, we're, if we're coasting it, then you'll not get on. Which means, you know, after half an hour, he knew he wasn't coming on because we were just so far in front. And we'd missed the penalty as well. You know, Kent had hit the post, missed the penalty, and we're still 3-0 up at time. So, uh, again, great to see us back in that type of form. You know, it's, it feels like it's been a wee while. And it's, it's all good. And if it continues at this rate, then, you know, it's just a matter of time.
0: Yeah, Frankie, Colin mentioned, and you know, about the performance overall, but it was good to see Ryan Kent get the goal. You know, he had a difficult week against uh, Motherwell. I think everyone could see that. Um, and you could see how, how much the goal went to him
2: once he, once he scored. And it was an unconventional Ryan Kent goal. Aye, it was. It was it's not often uh, you'll see Ryan Kent score a header, but um, he took it very, very well. It was a, a good goal. Actually, it was a good ball in Ritu. Uh, he went a bit vertical, but direct. Morelos was uh, had two defenders to, to deal with, and just he, he put it down really well. But Kent's decision making was excellent at that point. It's one flaw I think he's got, but in this occasion he, he did the right thing to to try and loop the header because if he tried to wait to uh, bring it down and, and hit it with his uh, with his feet, then it would have been the defender would have got back. A rebound actually made a good run in the channel to. To take that other central defender away and create a bit of space centrally. But, but Kent, I mean, the, the whole game yesterday, he was, he was just getting a bit more into the box. And I think recently he's sort of been playing behind defences or sort of in front of defences. And in fact, in front of some midfields, he's been coming really deep with the ball. I think yesterday he seemed to be instructed to, to be a bit more further forward and to have a bit of a freer role and, and he seemed to enjoy it and then and you could see right away that he was delighted with the goal and, and it's it's excellent for his for his confidence. I mean the fans have been fairly critical lately and that's probably fair enough. I think he's been a bit inconsistent. I did actually think he was our our, our best player against Aberdeen the other week. And it was just he was and I thought he started the game last week at, at Motherwell quite well and then tended to to fall out unfortunately but uh, it was great to see him um do the business yesterday and i mean the, the first goal just was was got him off to a flyer and got us off to a flyer and and, and, it, and, it, and it's a uh, it's, it's a big help when that happens and it just means that the teams if they're starting to think about sitting in they kind of do it um and it allows us to play with a bit more freedom and, and a bit more confidence and, and as i said ked uh, benefited from that more than most and, and it was arguably the man of the match, and they certainly got their form as man of the match. Yeah, Colin, you know, we'll come on to the
0: penalty uh, later on in terms of the the overall picture of that, but, you know, for Philip Hollander to to get a goal, and also from a corner, um, you know, we're scoring, we're not just scoring normal sort of open play goals, we're, we're getting a lot of goals from set pieces this season as well.
1: Yeah, set-pieces nah, are, are a big part of what Rangers are about. You know, when you've got people like Tavernier and, and, and Barisic, then you, you have to try and make make use of that. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, was, it was good to see Hollander get his goal yesterday because, you know, he, he got the, the positive COVID test a wee while back and he's kind of not really had a run in the team since then and you kind of wonder if he's he's maybe struggled to shake that off completely. Uh, and Balogun's been playing quite well, uh, but, you know, he got a wee bit of stick last week for Murrow's goal, about his positioning and, and all that kind of a thing. And I think that's one thing that Hollander does have, you know, he's, he's he's good positionally. You know, he's not he's not, got the, he's not the quickest, he's not got the pace that, that, that Balogun's got, but he's certainly good at, at positioning himself and reading the game so that he doesn't, doesn't get into tricky situations. In terms of the goal, you know, it, 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 I don't want to do Ross County a disservice here, but, it looked really easy. You know what I mean? He, he, he kind of lost his marker. His marker, I think he was looking for a foul, but he just kind of went to ground. You know, he's then a free man, and he just he just has to meet it and, and, and put it across the other way from where the keeper is. So, I uh, good to see him get it, and it's, it's good to see the goals getting shared around the team. You know, I think that's a criticism that, that, that's been aimed at Rangers, including from ourselves, you know, that last season we were really reliant, uh, or probably over-reliant on... No Morelos and what he was bringing to the team in terms of goals. So five now, five different goal scorers. You know Taverniers chipped in me a lot of goals this season. Golton got a goal yesterday. He's chipped in me a lot. You know Hadji's chipped in. Kent's chipped in. So it's it's good that we're not too reliant on on, on maybe one or two you know core players. So aye, it's is it's it's the most relaxed i felt watching a Rangers game for a while. The last few, over sort of December and January, I've probably been the most nervous I've felt for a while watching games. Uh, yesterday, uh, I was up a hill yesterday, so I got in just before kickoff and within half an hour, you know, the, the boots were off and the feet, you know, feet were up and I was quite relaxed about the whole thing. So it was nice to have a game like that for a wee while because I think my nerves could take any the sort of last three or four weeks, to be honest with um, you.
0: Frankie, you mentioned Kent's sort of position yesterday and, and maybe the instruction he'd been given, but another player that was uh making a difference in the forward area was Joe Ebo. Um and it looked as if he he'd been sort of given free rein to get up the pitch yesterday, whereas perhaps in the past few games he's been more, you know, central. Uh but I mean you can't the, the individual brilliance of that
2: of that third goal was was quite quite unbelievable. Aye. Um we were so fluid yesterday, actually, that it was difficult to even guess the formation at times. I mean, I, I kind of th- thought we would move to more of a 4 2 one just because of what happened at Motherwell, so I was pretty confident that, that Aribo would would play a bit further forward. However, um, in some in some ways it was actually more of a, like a four-one-four-one at times because both Aribo or it was sometimes haji were pulling it to the right hand side, so it was, all, that's, it was more like that sort of attacking four just in behind Morelos. Um, but even even then you had Haji breaking up beside Morelos, you had Kent breaking in behind Aribo was doing it as well, so it was much more fluid. I, I did I do think that came obviously for a certain extent for, for um, the Mayo County played. they were. Fairly open and certainly trying to get forward. The weren't like Motherwell sitting back and, and playing with two banks of five or, or two banks of four. But And I also think the early goal and certainly the, the second goal allowed us to play with that, that bit more freedom and a bit more confidence. We didn't have to really worry about keeping the, the door locked at the back. I mean, counting to their due, the, there wasn't any clear-cut opportunities for them in the first half, but there was one or two balls in behind into the channel that, I wouldn't say we've we, we struggled, but the, the threat was there if, if we weren't careful, but generally speaking, we just we just dominated Ross County completely, other than possibly five or six minutes after half time of County, they hit the bar and they hit the post. Um, but in terms of Rebo, as I say, the, the goal just topped it off. I mean, his, his, his play was excellent. I do think he could move the wall a wee bit quicker at times. I don't think he was the only player guilty of that yesterday in the first half. I think there's just sometimes we play an extra pass, This when I think there's a, a more direct pass on. I thought Kamara was a wee bit guilty of that at times yesterday. Uh, but, I mean, it's, it's nitpicking, really. When you win 5 0 you can't kind of really do complain too much, especially after um, the 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 result last week, and that's been a feature of. Uh, of our uh, our season actually, is in, in previous years, we've maybe not responded well to to bad results or disappointments, but this season we have. Whenever we're, we drew against Livingston and and Hibs and now Motherwell um, and it's at Minin as well. Obviously in the cup, we've we've went on good winning runs after that and won the, the game immediately after it for sure. So um, it's it's great. It's everything's going really well and and I mean if you can get Kent, Morelos, Aribo, Hadji. I mean, you're talking uh, roof and Etienne and guys like that. If you can get your front four, and your front five players all playing quite well, there's no, no many teams in, in the Scottish league certainly that, that can live with that. And that was the difference this week compared to the, the for part last week. The the front players played well, were dangerous and worked well, linked well together, were very fluid and and uh, and that's what what effectively won us the game.
0: Yeah, Colin, I think, you know, as Frankie mentioned there, that, that sort of opening 10 minutes, 15 minutes of the second half, we we sort of gave up a few chances. But to be fair, County, I thought they came out, you know, um, and, and had a go. I don't think they were going to be able to keep that level up. And I think once we clicked back into gear, and obviously Brian Jack coming on uh, was pleasing, because even though that's been a position which, you know, has been a bit, overloaded in recent years. We've certainly missed his his calming presence in games. And I think there's been quite a big um, expect, expectation on Davis and, and Kamara. So it's good to have him back and scoring a, one of the best goals of the season, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I I mean, it, it, you know, it gets a lot of sticks sometimes, Ryan Jack. And certainly, but where I sit, there's a, there's, there's a couple of boys that are, are fairly unconvinced by him. But, you know, I think what he does for the team is... is you know, it's, it's instrumental in how, how we operate and, and how we do what we do. Uh, I also think him coming back, I mean, obviously he got his goal, which was great to see, but I think it helps. And Steve, Stephen Davis as well, because he's probably been playing too much football of late, you know what I mean? And he's played well and he's got through it and all the rest of it. But I think Stephen Gerrard and Stephen Davis himself would say that, if all been as it should have been, he wouldn't have played as much football as he's played this season. You know, he's 36 years of age now. He's probably at the stage of his career when he needs to be managed a wee bit in terms of, you know, minutes on the park. And we've not been able to do that. You know, he's had to, he's had to churn it out for the last sort of two, two and a half months. So it's also good in that respect that, you know, we can we can manage Davis a bit better and, and give him a rest when he needs it. Uh, so, yeah, great to see him back. Great to see him scoring. Uh, I, I think he, he, he offers a wee bit more protection to the back four than, than maybe anyone else in that position. Uh, and I think he uses the ball very well once he gets it. So, yeah, it's, it just felt yesterday that, you know, I think we all looked at December and January and sort of thought, well, these are going to be, you know, two crucial months. You know, there was some heavy fixtures in there. Obviously, they had the Celtic game. Uh, Aberdeen, we've got uh, Hibs at Pataudry. Sorry, Hibs at Easter Road on Wednesday, sorry. So, you know... Th- Everybody was saying after we beat Celtic in and, and, and the 2nd of January there, that was it. But I was always a wee bit more, you know, I'd rather see where we are come February, and then I'll, I'll feel a lot more confident. So to, to be approaching that stage, having got through December and January unscathed, really, you know, a couple of draws, I think that was about it. Obviously, we had the League Cup disappointment, but in, in terms of the league, we're fine. The players that have been out, you know, roof's, you know, back at full training and he was on the bench yesterday. Jack's back in the team. He's came on yesterday. And apparently Scott Arf- Arfield has, has really picked up his, uh, his rehabilitation. So all these players are coming back at the right time for us just to make that. And it kind of feels like the final push. You know, we've got 13 games to go. I think we need to win nine of those. And, you know, that's if, if Celtic win all their games, which you would have to say if they continue their current form, isn't going to happen. You know, they've got a, a few tricky fixtures coming up as well. So, I mean, realistically, we could be, you know, all, all going well. We could be sort of stacked seven games away, away from the title. So, it feels like we've came through a really important stage of the season and it's all coming together now. You know, we've got through that. Players are coming back and we're in a really, really good position for this sort of final push.
0: Yeah, obviously, Connor Goldson added the, the fifth goal yesterday, Frankie. But one thing I want to touch on, um, James Tavelin, obviously, at 1-0, misses the penalty. Second in a row that he's he's missed. Um, I don't think anyone can argue with him, amount he scored this season. But if you were a you know a fellow penalty taker in that squad, do you think there'll be some people that will be potentially looking to to maybe get the next
2: one? Aye, I do see why not. I mean, that's, that's healthy. I think if you're getting penalties, you really have to score them. You you can't afford to 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 miss uh, penalties very often. I mean it's difficult to be critical of Tav. I mean, he missed what was it, two last season and, and two this season. Out of what? I mean, I, I don't know. Best part of 20 penalties it is not a bad, a bad rate. I mean, he's obviously no Johnny Hubbard, but um, I think that the, the, the penalty against Aberdeen wasn't his best and then the one yesterday, I can of must admit, usually I'm fairly confident with Tav, but he, he didn't look that confident yesterday before it and he, he didn't hit it well. One thing he usually does is he does usually hit them very well and and yesterday didn't really catch it right at all, and uh, so I don't know. I don't know if he'll, I don't know if you'll um, if will take the next one or not. In terms of a replacement, we've got plenty of guys that hit the ball well. I'd be quite happy, for example, even with Barisic hitting it. Um, you've got a roof. You've got um, Haji, I'm sure would take a good penalty. I feel confident. Ryan Kent, Joe Rebo, all these guys could take a good penalty. So I, I, I don't have any worries about um, anybody else stepping up. I, I'd be quite happy though if, if, if Tav takes the next one. It would be nice to get one in a comfortable situation where it's not a crucial penalty. I mean, 0-0 away to Hibs and get a penalty in the last five minutes at Easter Road on Wednesday and it would be a bit more worrying than if, if you're 4-0 up in the game, obviously. So, um, I, I, I'm not overly worried about it. Um, and I'm, I'm, as I say, confident in anybody else doing it and I don't think there'll be big issues in the squad in terms of anybody taking the, the cream puff if, if they didn't get a chance.
0: Yeah, Colin, that that victory yesterday, as I said, at the top of the show, that takes us 23 points clear um, of Celtic. They obviously still have a couple of games in hand. But it's been quite the week, uh, again, in Scottish football, um, obviously with the Neil Lennon press conference on Monday. And then they dropped points again on on Wednesday. um, And then there was the sort of Kenny McIntyre interview before uh, the game on Wednesday. And it seems to be... It's, it's a strange old time again um, in Scottish football. But for us, it's it's been quite... The silence coming from it has been quite noticeable this season compared to some previous years.
1: Yeah, it's, and it's it's a good feeling. You know what I mean? It's good to, to know that the chaos is over at the other side of the road. Uh, but having said that, I think you know some of the stuff that has happened over the other side of the road has, has, has maybe... Proven that Rangers are right to come out with statements at certain times, you know, because, you know, if you think about Stephen Gerrard, he made a comment, I can't remember what the game was, but he made a comment about, you know, if, Al- if Alfredo Morelos makes that challenge, you know, it's it's a red card kind of thing. And, and he was charged. Now, I don't think, I think the, the, I think he was found not guilty in the charge, but the fact was he was retros- retrospectively charged by the compliance officer. Now, in the last month, Neil Lennon's criticised uh, the referee at the whole firm game for. for you know some of his decisions in that game. We've had the the absolute farce that was Dubai and John Kennedy coming out and admitting that you know Celtic had broken some of the, the COVID protocols. No charge for that either. And then we've had Neil Lennon's absolute. I mean, he's went for everybody really. You know, he's went for the Scottish government. He's went for Hamilton. He's went for St. he uh, He's went for the media. He's went for everybody. And you know, at the very least, he's brought the game, the, the game into distribute there, and we're still waiting on a charge. So, I mean, when Rangers were coming out with statements, it was quite frustrating. And, and you know, you, even I, I think even most Rangers supporters were getting bored with them. You know what I mean? But when you, you see stuff like this happening, don't get me wrong, it's funny seeing what's happening over the other side of the road, and we're all enjoying it. But you do have to ask questions as to why people can make the statements that, you know, Neil Lennon's made, that John Kennedy's made and there's, there's no comeback. I mean, the, the only thing that came out of Celtic admitting that they'd, bro- they'd broken, you know, the protocols around COVID was that St Mirren and Kilmarnock got let off <laughs> with their charges, you know. It was like, they, well, obviously we can't charge them there because, you know, Celtic have admitted that they've broken co- protocols in Dubai. Ian Maxwell's already come out and said that there's no case to answer. So there, there was no way they could push forward with, with St Mirren and Kilmarnock and punish them. So... It is. It's another bizarre week. I think it, it, it does highlight, even though it's running our way at the moment, I think it does highlight that there are serious issues in terms of the governance of our game. I think, you know, you see some of the statements from stennis Muir, from Falkirk, from Partick Thistle. I mean, Lennon, no Lennon, sorry. Uh, I mean, Peter Lowell saying that Celtic are the, the club that's most impacted by this uh, pandemic was, was almost laughable, you know, cause you think you think of the clubs like hearts and Partick and all those clubs that were relegated without finishing the season. So, yeah, again, it's all good for us at the moment and it's enjoyable and we can all have a laugh and all the rest of it and I I have been, but it it still highlights that there are serious issues in their game in terms of the governance, in terms of the decision-making, in terms of the consistency of that decision-making and who gets hauled over the coals and who doesn't. So, yeah, it's fun, but I think some some points have come out that back up Some of the statements that we've issued in the past.
0: Yeah, Frankie, it's sort of been, it's not only has it been, you know, on the park for us that things seem to have not only settled down, but become quite a slick operation. And, you know, we mentioned a couple of weeks ago about the masks during the interviews and stuff like that, but it was even noted on, I was listening to to Sports On through the week, and I think it was Tom English was was speaking about the two clubs and how, you know, Celtic are coming out with some crazy. Sound bites, yet Rangers are silent. You don't see, you don't hear a word, and everything that that's happening at Rangers appears to be going well and on the pitch and off it. It's, it's been quite, it's been quite satisfying from Rangers' fan point of view to see the way our club is is now operating. At, you know,
2: as I say, both on the pitch and off it. Aye, I mean after what's happened in the last eight, nine years, I mean, mean, all Rangers were ever doing was firefighting, so it always seems like you're having to make statements about something, whether it's um, whoever's running the club, whoever's joining the board, leaving the board, what court action's happening, what's happening with Mike Ashley, Sports Direct it's it's so it's not a surprise you, you, you look like a basket case and rangers were a basket case there's no doubt about it so i mean even when 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 the three bears and dave king takes over 2015 it, there's still a lot of work to be done so there's still a lot of statements to be said and it's never good or healthy for a business to be doing that um there's of course you want to be um, open and transparent with fans but you don't want to be looking daft and, and saying the wrong things and i mean and Celtic's definitely been doing that lately I'm, I'm really surprised at how many on goals are scoring with that and it's great that we don't need to say a thing there's nothing Rangers need to be uh, saying right now we're doing everything, we're doing all our talking on the park, we're not doing anything wrong in terms of the Covid stuff That uh, the club's well run, the fans are happy, uh, the, the signings have been good, the the, the management's good, uh, we're quite happy with Ross Wilson. we seem to be happy with the scouting so there isn't anything really going wrong at this stage so and whereas obviously the, the opposite is happening at, at Parkhead or at Sharkhead or whatever you want to call it nowadays, um, and, and it's and it's great to see because as I say we've we've been on the on the receiving end now for a long time. Now it's Celtic that seem to be embarrassing themselves on a day-to-day basis. I mean Lennon's Presser you know, the other day there was was incredible stuff stuff really honestly it was it was uh, really really strange and bordering on on the mental and. It's it's been interesting that Colin made the point that the the um, the, the SPFL or the SFA haven't taken them to task on that. Um, obviously, the only thing that seems to have come out of it actually is that there's, um, the SFA have, have went to the, the, the joint response group um, with, with the government and, and the other authorities to, to see if there is any with with uh, teams and change rooms and stuff like that. And I think that might well be a reaction to what Len said. If they, if they yeah. can go back to the other ones. And um, if they can go back to the other clubs and and, and, and prove that there's nothing wrong, then they can go back and charge Lennon for, for, for his comments. So it might well be that's that's what's happening there. But generally speaking, we're quite happy. Everything's going well. And as if it's Celtic making an arse himself, well, all the better as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, Colin, just before we move on from, from this
0: point, it's quite interesting to note that the, the lower league clubs are now you know, pleading with SFA to 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 be able to resume playing, and they're going to carry out testing. They seem to be an unfortunate victim of of the full sort of Dubai charade.
1: Yeah, and that's 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 the main thing, isn't it? Really, you know that you know football at like that 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 level, you know, needs fans, in, you know, and obviously even with COVID, they're not going to get them in, but you know, they, they'll be doing their, I mean, even Camelon Juniors are doing a, you know, a live stream for games. So, you know, you pay a fiver and you get to watch the game. So I'm assuming all your lower clubs will be, will be doing that. But if there's no games, they, they can't do that. You know, they can't they can't offer a, a, a live stream and try and help, you know, their, their, their turnover and all that kind of a thing. So it is, and it's it's at that end. We will feel it at the top end. I think Celtic are feeling it at the moment. And I think there was a statement last week eh, surrounding Rangers, you know, that there's going to be a funding gap. It needs to be dealt with. No football clubs are, are going to get through this unscathed. But down at that end, yeah, it's it's pretty tough because they pretty much rely on you know match matchday income and, and supporters coming through the turnstiles, buying the programmes, pies, bottles, all that kind of a thing. Without that, they don't have anything. So it does seem unfair that a club that was having you know a jolly out to Dubai has resulted in, in, in them being told that they, that they can't play football anymore. So, yeah, it's 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 a tricky one because we have to remember it is, you know, it is what it is. We're, we're in the midst of a, a public health crisis. It's as serious as, as much as I see many people on social media saying that we should just be out and about and doing everything that we should be doing. As someone who's, you know, my wife's a nurse and some of the stories that she comes back with, tells me that that's not the case you know we shouldn't have been going back to normal because the, the, the NHS is struggling to cope with us you know so if we all go back to normal then it, it, it would just collapse under the strain of it so it's a serious issue but you do you do feel for clubs at the lower end for, for being punished for the, the actions of a, a top elite football club you know what I mean and it, it's it's no fair there's no other way of putting it it's not fair and if possible, I think we should, we should try and find a way around it. I mean, is there any data suggesting that football is an issue? You know, in terms of young athletes traveling around the country. I don't know if there is. Then, I maybe at that level of the game when there's, there's not as much testing, they shouldn't be doing it. But it feels it feels rough that, that they're the ones that are bore the brunt of us. You know, what I mean, in Celtic, have, so far Celtic have sailed through this. I mean, they're twenty three points behind and all the rest of it. But the actual stushion that came out from the press conference and from from that Dubai trip they've come out of it without any, any issues, you know, they're not getting hold over the calls. obviously they've got a couple of players positive, but other than that they've got away with it spot three
0: Yeah, um, anyway we'll move on from that uh, Gerard, Stephen Gerrard uh, 150th game in charge yesterday I mean it couldn't have gone any better really when you look at um, the result and, and the performance, but Quickest manager, Colin, to well, – sorry, the fastest ever Rangers manager to reach that feat, Um, 150 games. Rangers did quite a nice uh, social media video yesterday uh, with some young My Girls uh, members, which then at the end, Walter Smith came on, which was quite entertaining. It was all little boys and girls saying, well done, Steve, and then Walter Smith appeared at the end and had a few <laughs> nice words to say. Um, But I think just first of all, Colin, I mean, it's Difficult to really put in, put into words, sort of how, how things have changed over the past, you know, two or two and a half years. Um, because when Gerald came in, you know, that was, that was arguably the lowest we with been really when you think about it and you think of the the signings that were well, even bringing in Bruno Alves in that last season 2017 18 and stuff like that. The money was spent, felt like we we're maybe, maybe going somewhere, but that end of that season was perhaps. The lowest that I'd felt as a as a fan because at that point you just didn't know, you know, where we were going and, and what we were doing, and you know, with taking two absolute hammerings off Celtic within a matter of weeks at the tail end of that season, the players we had didn't really seem like they were going to work. Uh, you know, get honest pros like Russell Martin and Graham Dorans and, and things like that, and we couldn't get near Celtic. Gerard came in. You know, there was a famous quote of he looked quietly terrified. Um, but you know wow what, what an impact
1: he's made yeah and I I think you know I mean he has had critics within within the, the Rangers support I think they maybe need to now accept that the, the job that he had to do was far greater than any has sort of imagined you know I mean I, there, was a, there was a game came on through the week I was sitting on my couch through the week there and the, the game where Celtic won the league against us the 5-0 game and I found myself, all oh, right, I'll sit and watch this, just to sort of try and remind myself where we were. And without a word of a lie, it could have been seven or eight that day. They absolutely pummeled us. And I can remember that day. And, you know, at various at various points in this journey back up, you know what I mean? I have genuinely thought to myself, well, this is it. We're never coming back. We're just not coming back. I can remember being at Ibrox. I think we got beat by Annan at Ibrox when we were in the old third division. And, and I, I'm always someone that stays for the 90 minutes, but I left when the second goal went and I just couldn't take any more of it. And I remember I went back, to, back into Glasgow, pint with my mate, and I, I said, then I said, I think that's us, mate. I, I just can't see us ever coming back. I was at Easter Road the day Raith Rovers beat us in the, the, the Petrofac, or the Ramsdens or whatever it was at that particular time. And the, the boy I was with that day, we stopped for a chippy tea on the way back. We were coming back to Edinburgh and we pulled in had a sit down, chippy tea. And there was a couple of Rangers fans sitting across for us and we were all at that. Just kind of see us ever coming back. You know what I mean? This is this this is how it's going to be from now on. I was at for the Forfa. They put us out of the League Cup. Same again, coming home, thinking, that's us. And then we get back. We, we do eventually, you know, Warburton came in. We got a wee left with him. You know, we played some brilliant stuff eh, under him in the championship. We get back into the, the, the top flight and it, and it starts to go a bit pear-shaped again. And that day, that, that sort of 5-0, you're just like, where the hell are we going to go from here? There the just didn't seem any way out of it. Brendan Rogers was in charge of Celtic at the time. They just looked, you know, like, it didn't look like they were going to win 10 in a row. It looked like it could be, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15, you name it. It just, it, it just didn't seem like it was going to be any end to it. And Stephen Jenner changed all that. You know, I mean, he's come in and, you know, the, 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 the one criticism we'll probably get is 150 games without a trophy. But I, I think the 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 work in terms of the infrastructure, you know, everything at Ibrooks, you know, everything at at, at at the training facility. I don't like to say Murray Park, Okinawa, sorry, you know, all that stuff had, had sort of fallen away into a, a, an unacceptable state, and Gerard's had to come in and build everything up. Now the first thing he does, in my opinion, is just lifts the place. You know, he's a global, he's a a, a renowned global sort of superstar when it comes to football the minute he walks through the door he lifts the place and he makes people believe now he's had he's had dunts along the way you know the first season uh, his first game you know it was a draw and then we got the draw at Motherwell in the second game and you know he went to Celtic Park and we got beat 1-0 but even in those early stages you could see there was an improvement Europe is just another level altogether. You know, he's, he's made us, for day one, he's made us a different animal and that, you know. So, yeah, I mean, as I said, the only criticism you could probably level is we've not won a trophy yet. But overall, I mean, the, the job he's done is, is, is fantastic. And I genuinely can't think of anyone else who could have came in and done what he's done. You know, I mean, he's, he's, he's not only improved us as a team, he's, he's improved us as a business. You know what I mean? But constantly getting into Europe, by getting into the, the sort of out-of-the-group stages and, and into the sort of latter stages of European tournaments, you know, he's, he's increasing the turnover of the club, meaning we can get better players in. It's it's hard to put into words what he's done for Rangers Football Club, and I will forever love him because of
0: that. Uh, Frankie, I'm, I'm curious because when when Gerald was was announced, it, you know, Colin said it gave the place a lift when he came in. I remember when he was linked with the job, and then when he got the job at that I was absolutely delighted I just thought it was a great move you know in terms of he, he was a rookie manager but it just felt like it was a bit the closest we could get to getting someone massive or a massive name and can you remember what your your first thoughts were did you think that he would be well first of all just a, just a, a success in in general
2: i was hopeful but i mean who could be certain of anything i mean the best thing about Steven Gerrard is like you've both mentioned that he's, he's a, a global name. He's a, a football icon in terms of the modern era. There isn't any any very many bigger. Um, the only doubt you had about him was is experience, um, but in terms of his mindset, his psychology, 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 excuse me, it um, he, he, he just reminds me so much of Graham Souness. And we all know what happened back then in, in the in the 1980s. So that's what I was kind of hoping from from uh, Gerard, and, and I think it's safe to say, okay, the success has they came right away. Um, I think it's it's arguable whether Gerard had a bigger job that, or than what Sunnis had. Um, we had to change the club and improve the club probably a lot more than we did when Sunnis arrived and we didn't probably have the money or the, the, back in, the initial back in and able to do it so wholesale right away. And it's taken a bit of time. Gerard himself alluded to that. He, he reckoned it would take three, maybe four years. And, and I think that, that timeline has is, is, is probably been proven correct. I mean, there, there's been times where you, it would be easy to say it was a wrong appointment. Um, I think if you go back to probably this time last year, um, and we just when and, and we got beat against Hearts in the, in the Scottish Cup at, at Tynecastle Castle and you're kind of thinking, is this game over for Gerard? This is, is he on his way out? And it could be argued that what happened with the pandemic maybe saved him in that respect because I'm not entirely sure whether he could have turned it around again for the rest of that season. But this season, he definitely has and nobody can argue about the progress year on year. Um, the only argument you've got is that it hasn't delivered any trophies, and we have let ourselves down in the cups. That Hearts game was one of them. Um, even this season, you know, obviously the the, the game, and then the, the the league cup final last year against Celtic uh, a week past, uh, so a year past December, where we we actually we absolutely dominated them. Uh, missed another penalty. Obviously it was at that time, and uh, we didn't go on to to win. It was an offside goal, but at the same time, we, we never took our chances. So. Um, it's, that's the way the cookie crumbles, and it's 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 amazing how in the last six months how we've been able to turn that round from from where we were, as I say, a year ago, and to to go unbeaten this season is fantastic. I mean, 25 games unbeaten in, in the league, 100% record at Ibrox. What is it in the league? 65 goals scored, seven against. I mean, that's incredible numbers. It really, is unreal to do that for where we are. let's remember where we were a year ago before the pandemic arrived. They were struggling badly against all teams. we getting beat by Hamilton at home, getting hammered by hearts in the cup and, and just no looking interested. With it's amazing how they managed to turn that round. And all credit to, to to Gerard and the rest of his staff for doing it. And it's 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 been a, a probably a longer journey under Gerard than many of us might have hoped. It hasn't really surprised me, and I'm just glad that we've we've stuck by them, and the, the board have stuck by them, and it, it's looking like a, a huge um, muck up aside that that success is now imminent, and I just hope that he can deliver the the Scottish Cup as as well as the league, and uh, I mean there's no reason why we can't go further in the Europa League as well, and what season it could turn out to be, and we're capable of a lot. You watch his Rangers team; they're a fantastic team. Play great football. It's really exciting to watch. I mean, I was uh, December. I think we were all a bit worried about the amount of games. This month's been slightly quieter, but it's been hellish actually waiting for seven, eight days to the next game. You just want to watch as Rangers play, all the team play as often as possible because they're so good to watch. And I mean, I mentioned sooner. You can go back to Walter Smith, Advocat any of these managers, and Gerrard's team and Stella plays as good as any of them, if not better. And we can only hope that if we can go in and win this league this year, that we we'll go for strength to strength in future years. Yeah, Colin. I mean you look at the it's
0: not it's not just on the pitch and the way he's improved is there. I feel like the full reputation of the club and, and um the way we're seen by the you know, the wider football community is is improved and I think he's played a massive part in that over the last two years as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, there was there was some stuff on uh, Radio Scotland about him yesterday I, when I was coming back from a walk. And I think it was uh, Tom English had made a comment that, you know, in his first game against Aberdeen, after the game he came out and sort of had a pop at the referee and sort of, sort of said, you know, Rangers don't get decisions and all that kind of a thing. And, uh, and, and Tom English claimed that he, he knew a friend of a friend who had said to him that, he, he almost instantly regretted making that statement and he was told to say that by the club. And part of me thinks that could have happened, but part of me thinks that, that maybe Gerard wanted just to lay down a marker as well and say, look, I'm here and some of the nonsense that's been on before, we're not going to accept that. But there's, there's a really good podcast with, with Stephen Gerrard uh, and I would recommend anyone to listen to it. It's a high-performance uh, podcast and it, it really gives an insight and, um, and how he works, and it and what what Frankie's just said there about you know the, the the year-on-year improvement, that's all he talks about in this podcast. You know he talks about how if something goes wrong and it and it goes through an experience and it doesn't work, he learns from it and then goes again. And you would have to say that that has been that's been borne out. You know what I mean? When when something goes wrong, if it's on the part, he fixes it and and, and they go again. But there's also the I think how he, he celebrated the, the win against Celtic there at, at Ibrox a couple of weeks ago or two, three weeks ago, compared to how, how he celebrated at Celtic Park. I think he's been stung by that, you know, because it was a huge game to win at Celtic Park. We hadn't, we hadn't won there for about nine years, something like that. So that's a big statement. That's another thing that's, that's, that's ticked off in terms of the, the improvement of the club, you know, and he's done the, the face into the camera thing and and then, you know, after A few weeks later, things have went a bit south and, and he's got to eat humble pie. And so this year, it, there's, there's been none of that, you know, and he keeps on talking about, how, you know, how that we have to be humble and, you know, there's no celebrations. We're not we're not celebrating anything until we're over the line. All those things are, are, maybe, are maybe stuff that Rangers haven't been great at in the past. You know what I mean? He, including us as supporters. So yeah, I, I think him coming in and having that slight tweak in, in the attitude has helped. You know, has helped in terms of your image to to, to you know the wider world. Uh, I, I mean, I find um I find Gerard a fascinating character. There's a real human element to him. You know, I mean, I think a lot of football players just look like you know like super beings that aren't affected by anything. There's an emotional aspect to Gerard that I think. Uh, is it's quite interesting that you can see that he's not he's not just a, a world-class football player he's also a human being and, and things affect him and and I think we, we might get the, the benefit of you know the slip you know I think that's haunted him since it happened I mean you, you think his career you know he won the Champions League he's won the FA Cup he's won this he's won that but you know obviously the one he never got was it was the Premier League he was close to it that year he he, he any In interviews I've, I've heard of him recently, he always talks about that moment and, and he thinks it was cruel and he didn't deserve it. And, and to me, it haunts him. And, and, and to me, it makes him driven to, to to get a league title. And it looks like he's, you know, he's, he's within six, seven games of it now, you know, so we're probably going to get the benefit of that. You know, he's he's failed at something, he's learned from it and, and he wants to go again and he wants to achieve it. And aye, it's, it's, it's working for us at the moment. I think he's made the club it's it's almost like a totally different club for the one that he came into. You know what I mean? We were a total. I think Frankie used the right term there—a basket case. We were an absolute basket case in a club, uh, and now you know the, the case has been passed over to the other end of the city, and, and we look quite normal and sensible in, uh, by comparison. Yeah, and
0: Frankie, just on on Gerard, finally, in terms of this this team. Um, he's built over you know the space of three seasons you know you look at guys like Goldson, Tavernier, obviously Tavernier was here but he's been a massive part of it um, Ryan Kent Morelos. do you how do you see this this Gerrard team evolving and do you think that you know if we do go in and win the league do you think this will be the the end of the cycle for this team and you might see a few leave in the summer and then you Know there'd be a, a bit of a recruitment drive to then build the second Gerard team to take us into the future years, or, or do you think you'll try and keep some of the, the guys that are already there?
2: Um, it's a good question, actually, David. I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I think Gerard would like to try and keep his trusted lieutenants, if you like. I mean, guys like Goldson, um, Kamara, Jack, Barisic, Tav. Morelos, all these guys have been incredibly important, obviously, over the last couple of years. And if you start getting rid of five, six, seven players, then you really can leave it yourself in a difficult position. Because I don't think any manager wants to, to bring in sort of five, six, seven key players in, in one window. Um, at the same time, Rangers need to to make money, their financials weren't fantastic. So we definitely need to try and move players on. So um, there, there is a sort of middle ground to be found. And uh, but the same token, I mean, guys like um, Tav, 29 years old now, ball against 32. Um, do, do, you, do you looking for younger replacements at some point? I mean, you've got Nathan Parts in there, who I, incidentally I thought was excellent um, yesterday when he came on I thought he had a really good game, so I, th- I think at some point you, you do want to try and, and, and get more players than your players into the squad and freshen up your squad and keep that, that, that drive and, and hunger there. Um, it's As I say, that it's just a balance to be found and, and I think players will leave. I, I don't know what players will leave in the summer, but I think Two or three will go, um, especially if if um, if if we did not have the fans back for the, the start of next season. Um, uh, but and, I mean, obviously, whether or not we can qualify for the Champions League or at least the Europa League group stage is going to have a big factor on on how much money we spend. We're going to come on to the transfer window and in, in, in maybe five minutes or so and, and have a quick chat about the, the guys for Bournemouth that are coming. So clearly, there, there's there's succession planning happening. Not just in terms of the players, but I'm hoping in terms of the staff themselves. Um, and I, I, as I say, I, th- I think we just need to find a balance. I don't have an issue with with us selling players. I think we've got to do it. I think it's a model we have to we have to um, we have to explore. And I, I think as long as we've got other players coming in to to replace them, then I'll be quite happy. But as, as long as the, it's not large scale or wholesale changes, and I don't think it will be certainly this summer anyway. Yeah, Colin, just before I move on from from Gerard, I'm, I'm just going to put you on the spot because,
0: you know, why not? Um, why not? You <laughs> get three, three, three Gerard games you could pinpoint over the last two and a half years that have really stood out and will stand out for you going forward. Just three. Just the three. Uh, I think the first one
1: that meant a lot to me was the, I think, qualifying for the group stages of the Europa League. So uh, I think the first Night at, 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 was was it Rapid Vienna was the first yeah. big night back yeah. at Ibrox. Uh, my son had never seen a European night like that before, and that was a special night. You know, it was uh, had had everything, You know, three one. We didn't get the third goal until the last minute. We were one nothing behind. Uh, I came home for that, and like my son was buzzing. You know, what I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he was just a standing and you know. Raith Rovers and all that kind of thing. So it, that was that was a big one. Uh, I, I think the the one nothing game against Celtic, Ryan Jack scored. That was another big one. That was a big turning point, you know, the first time. And that was Brendan Rodgers' team, you know. So that was that was a big statement to to, to beat uh, that particular Celtic side. And again, uh, I mean, my son had seen us beat Celtic. He was at that semi final when Warburton beat them. But, uh, you know, I don't think we would seen anything since. And we'd been on the end of a couple of horsings, you know what I mean? We were at the 5-1 game at Ibrox and we sat there right to the end uh, and took it. So I actually think that was the last game at Ibrox against them. So to go for like getting pumped 5-1 to to turn it around and and beating them, that was a big statement. And if I was pushed for one more, uh, trying to think of the European games. If I'm going to go for one more, although it never quite worked out in the long run, the 2 1 game at Celtic Park, you know, because we hadn't, we hadn't beaten them there for so long. Uh, that was another big moment. And it, it, it's all this sort of, you know, every result that I've sort of mentioned, it's all been a progression, you know, it's been a gradual progression onto where we are just now. So if. If i had more time to think about it, I'd maybe come up with another one, but uh, I'll go with that since you put me on spot.
0: Those I, think that, I think the obvious one you missed was probably the the Braga game at Ibrox. That was yeah, that was unbelievable, really. I mean, actually, I'm
1: I'm, go, I'm, I'm going to change that. I'm going to go with yeah. Braga. So take the, the
0: last one at Celtic Park uh, over Braga. The thing I remember that the Braga game was, I, I only bought the tickets game by game for the European ties, and I was sort of sat in one row of the Govan rear. My dad was about two rows over and then my, my mate and his dad were about five rows up and that was the first time I think I've ran right up <laughs> these stairs and just into <laughs> the crowd. Uh, that third goal, that was just an unbelievable night. I think he's given us that back and that's, that's the, because I, I, I obviously I've been to a lot of European nights um, in the years previous to administration and I always felt like there was just a special feeling about that and the last real European ties I went to were um, when I was 17, you know, in the Champions League and just being able to get that back, and I think he's yeah. brought that back, and that's the biggest thing for me. I think it's, even watching the games in the telly this, this season, it's not been quite as good, but you still get that feeling in a Thursday and you're like, oh, brilliant. You know, the games no. are, like Frankie was saying about, you know, the games being closer together. I think even watching from home this season, it's been great having the, the big European ties on the Thursday night because it's been the same nerves, if not no. also, because you're not <laughs> there with the team. Um, but yeah, he certainly, certainly brought some incredible um, moments, I think, so far. And hopefully hopefully the biggest moments still to come uh, in the weeks and months ahead. But before weeks we move on... In the weeks ahead. <laughs> or <Not> the months. <laughs> uh, before we move on, I'll quickly mention, um, of course, we've partnered with uh, Football Prizes, their latest competition... Um, is for a signed Stephen Davis jersey. But you've got to be quick to take part in these competitions. All the tickets have sold out uh, for that one. But for the next Football Prizes uh, comps, just keep, a, keep an eye on Frankie's social media channels. Um, and you'll also get details there about the Rangers Picks competition, um, which will be live ahead of the Hibs game on Wednesday. Uh, you can have a chance to win a share of £1,000. So just visit JerseyNet's um, social media channels for more info on that. Um, the final part of tonight's show, uh, I'll stay with you, Colin. Rumours, we've <laughs> ah, I've been dreading this all day. To be honest, <laughs> this name, uh, but there's rumours, <laughs> rumours we've signed uh, Namdi of- uh on a pre-contract from Bournemouth. Um, I actually heard Jane Lewis say it on BBC earlier, and I thought, I'll remember that now, and it's just gone out of my head. But I think that's, I think that's it. But he's, uh, he's apparently signed the pre-contract from Bournemouth midfielder and we're apparently interested in Jack Simpson and centre-half from Bournemouth. I'm not going to ask you what you know about them because I don't think anyone... I, I couldn't even find any real YouTube videos or anything of the boy, um, the midfielder, <laughs> I will call him. Um, but I found it quite interesting that we're looking at centre-halves because, you know, with Katic, apparently close to returning, we've got Hollander, Balogun, um, Goldson. I can't see Edmondson staying, but I think... You know, Balogun, Helander, and Goldson have been absolutely awesome this season, and Katic coming back. I was quite interested to to know that we were looking at a uh, sorry, defender.
1: Yeah, and and as as you suspected, I, I don't know anything about them, but I think the only thing you can say is is the recruitment falls into the, the sort of same line that we were talking about earlier on. You know, it it has improved. You know, he made. Obviously, Ross Wilson's got a big part in this as well, but, you know, his initial signings were good, but, you know, the likes of Lafferty and oh, there's a couple of others that didn't quite work out and, you know, he's got rid of them, but year on year, you know, he's, he's improved the squad. So he's he's, he's brought in his initial, in, in his first window, he's brought in his, he, you know, his initial signings, worked out the ones that he thought could 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 cut it and could do, as a, do a job for us already those that couldn't and, it, and it's just been a constant improvement I, I think you know sort of leaning on what was getting said earlier on I think there will be some movement in the summer and that, that might involve Goldson it might involve Catech it might involve uh, Holander you never know so you know we've got to be out there you know with some sort of plan in, in terms of getting players in but in terms of the recruitment you would have to say overall we've, we've got it right it's maybe taking a wee bit longer but I think that goes back to how much of a basket case here a club we actually were, actually were at that time. And it also comes down to budget. You know, he maybe had the players in mind that he wanted, but couldn't bring them in in one window. So he's got to do a wee bit of shuffling about and then gradually build his squad up. But at the moment, in terms of players that are coming in, I've got every confidence in the guys that are making that decision because more times than not, you know, the they, they turn out to be to, to be to be good signings. I mean, the window we've just had in in the, the summer there, the players that brought in, you know, Roof absolutely outstanding, Balogun. You know, obviously we lost Katic, but I would have looked at Holander and and Golson and thought it was it was pretty hard to to, to move these Obviously Golson stays in the team, he's a, he's a constant, but I thought Holander was fine. But it, it really is. I mean, I still think halander is slightly the better defender, but there's not much between them. You know, so he's just pulled us the centre half, who's just slotted in and done a great job for us. So, yeah, it's, it's part of the business. You know, you've always got to be looking forward in terms of getting new players in. And I've got every faith that they're they doing a good enough job because the the evidence is there based on what they've done previously that
0: they know what they're doing. Yeah, and thank you. The, the other point I wanted to make on on sort of recruitment in the squad as a whole, you know, you mentioned Nathan Patterson coming on yesterday. He was excellent. Um, and I sent you boys a, a clip uh, of certain highlights from Tynecastle yesterday. The Um Kai Kennedy on one, Wraith Rovers from Rangers, and he was unbelievable. I mean, set up the first goal, I think, and then the second one he had Halkett, who I actually thinks a decent centre half, had him on toast, turned him inside out, and set up a goal. He also had the classic two sizes too big for him shirt on, which I love. Um, but he was he was excellent. Uh, how important is it going to be to? Not only look, you know, out with the club for for new new faces, but also bed in some of these young players because it's been a long time since we've seen, you know, someone maybe McCrory being the exception that's come through and really made a, an impact uh, first team level.
2: It's extremely important. Again, I mean, we referenced the the Champions League earlier, and I mean your European squads. Obviously, you've got a, a homegrown and a club trained requirement within that. So we're struggling for players in that respect. I mean, Alan McGregor's one. McCrory was another, but obviously isn't at the club anymore. Um, and after that, there isn't very many Scottish players at all. So if you can get the likes of Nathan Patterson, I mean, Scott Wright, might be coming in for Aberdeen as well. Obviously, we're still linked with him, and I think it's probably a matter of time before he arrives. Um, and and uh, I mean, Kai Kennedy, I mean, I, I looked at that video, the, the Hearts game, he was excellent. I mean, there was twice, two of the goals he created, the um, it was the second goal uh he turned, actually, it was Michael Smith inside out, and, and Smith, you'll remember, he was my of the match in the game we talked about in the Scottish Cup game, where Hearts demolished us a, a last season. Um, so, it's, it, it shows you that the guy's uh, Kennedy's talented. I mean, I've, I've followed him quite closely. I remember the the, the, the last couple of years obviously we've been in the, the tournament in, it in Qatar where uh, we, we, we won it and then we, had, we got invited back. To get invited back you have to you have to win the tournament and obviously we did that and, and Kennedy was, was a part of that squad in the first season. I can't remember if he was uh, there in the, in the second season but he's always been a good player. Clearly, his attitude or or the way he was looking at his position within the Rangers squad was was maybe a bit problematic. I, I don't think the manager agreed with the lad's agent's um, thoughts in terms of maybe what kind of wage he deserved or, or or whether how many games he should be playing or the like. Thankfully. Over the last few months, it seems to me that the the guy's uh, sort of realised that he's, he's better playing at Rangers, and I'm assuming Rangers have, have have explained to him that the opportunities are going to be there. And to be fair, this season that they have been for for the likes of Parson Bass is still a young guy, and he's 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 played as well. I mean, he's he's sort of felt the team recently a wee bit. It would be good to get him playing again. So I think I think um, the manager and his management team have shown that if if you're if you're good enough, you're old enough. And, and it's up to, to Kennedy to, to to demonstrate that when he's when he's all alone. And it's good. I mean, the championships is as tough a league as, as 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 it come. To be honest, okay, the quality is maybe no fantastic, but if he's doing the business up against experienced players like uh, Michael Smith and Craig Halkett and and creating goals, then then he can do it in the, in the Premier League. There's no doubt about that. And um, this season has been if if we do have maybe have one or two disappointments and it's maybe the fact that somebody like jordan jones greg Stewart, and even brandon barker to a certain extent none of them have really managed to, to to show themselves good enough to be relied upon um, in, in certain games and it's probably why the likes of ryan kent's played as much it came out of, played a lot of football and maybe i think the manager might have wanted to sort of take it a bit easier with him in terms of his injury record over the last year or so, so as I say, and I'd like to think that's what Kennedy's noticed over the last six months that the pathway is there, um, and it's now up to him. It's up to the other guys like Leon King, uh, Kieran Dixon to sign a new contract during the week as well. There's are various guys that are that are obviously good enough. The management team obviously rate them in terms of wanting to give them new contracts, and, and it's as I said that this that this comment it's important and imperative that we we get them into the squad in terms of their uh, European aspirations.
0: Yeah, that, that's just about all we've got time for tonight. Um, thanks for joining us uh, again. If you enjoy what we're doing here, please subscribe um, where you can. Like us on on social media. Previous episodes uh, and tonight's show are available to listen to on all the the usual platforms from Monday, uh, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Castbox, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Um, thanks to Colin and, and Frankie for joining me tonight, and thanks
2: for listening. Um, stay safe out there, and until next time, good night.